This is Mayor Brad Finkelbein. Welcome to the November 9th, 2021 City Commission meeting. And before we get going, we'll have Porter O'Neill, our Communications Director, say a few words about the meeting tonight. Thank you, Mayor. Good evening, everyone. Uh, I just have a few housekeeping items for the Zoom meeting tonight. This meeting is being recorded and broadcast on the city's YouTube channel and cable channel 25. Please remember to mute yourself during the meeting when you are not speaking. The chat function for this public meeting is disabled. All chats will go directly to me. Unless you are participating during the meeting, please turn your video off. This allows the active meeting participants to be seen on the screen. You will still be able to hear the meeting. When you are participating, please turn your video on. If you have any trouble, you can send me a chat. <clears throat> the city reserves the right to mute people or turn individual videos off to minimize distractions during the meeting. Please remember to state your name each time you speak for the benefit of those listening remo remotely. And now I'll turn the meeting back over to Mayor Finkeldye. Mayor Finkeldye, thank you, Porter. I'll now take roll call. Vice Mayor Shipley? Here. Commissioner Ananda? Commissioner Bully? Here. Commissioner Lawson? Here. Okay, we lost your video, Commissioner Lawson. Oh, you're back now. Okay, thank you. And now before we proceed um, further, Danny Ewart, our administrative support, who's filling in for our city clerk tonight, will give us um, some comments on how the public participation will occur in the meeting. Thank you, Mayor. Denny Ewart, Planning and Development Services. Commissioners and staff, please state your name and title each time you speak. Mayor, when a motion is made, please call on commissioners individually to provide their vote and announce whether the motion carried in the count of the vote. When public comment is sought on an item, the mayor will, will first call on those participating in person. Individuals wishing to provide public comment should approach the podium following social distancing and safety protocols. Participants are required to wear a mask but may remove their mask while making remarks at the podium. Please state your name before speaking. Comments will be limited, limited to three minutes. The mayor will then call on those participating virtually. Individuals providing public comment via Zoom should use the raise hand function to indicate they wish to speak. The raise hand function may appear in different places on your Zoom menu, depending on the device you are using and which version of Zoom you have. Individuals will be called upon by name in the order they appear on the meeting host screen. When you are called on, please unmute and state your name. Comments will be limited to three minutes. Thank you. Mayor Finkel, I thank you, Denny. The first item on the agenda is to approve the agenda. The City Commission reserves the right to amend, supplement, or reorder the agenda during the meeting. Does any commissioner wish to um, alter the agenda? If not, I'd look for a motion to approve the agenda. Does Commissioner Larson move to approve the agenda? Commissioner Ananda, second. Mayor Finkel, there's a motion by Commissioner Lawson, a second by Commissioner Ananda. Commissioner Lawson? Aye. Commissioner Ananda? Aye. Vice Mayor Shipley? Commissioner Bully? Aye. Mayor Finkel, aye. Passes five to zero. Next on the agenda is the consent agenda. All matters listed on the consent agenda are considered under one motion and will be approved by one motion. There'll be no separate discussion on those items. If discussion is desired, that item will be removed from the consent agenda and will be considered separately. Members of the public wishing to speak to an item that has been pulled off the consent agenda will be limited to three minutes for comments. First, does any commissioner have an item they'd like to pull off the consent agenda? 
Vice Mayor Shipley, B7C. B7C, Mayor Finkeldy. I would also, I'd like to pull off B6A. Any other items to be pulled off the consent agenda for the commissioners? Um, Larson B7D. B7D. Okay. If any member of the public who is present at City Hall would like to pull an item off the agenda, please let Daniel Pointer know. We have no one here at this time, Mayor. Okay. Mayor Finkelai, thank you. If any person on Zoom would like to pull a matter off the consent agenda, Please raise your hand using the raise your hand feature and Denny will call upon you. Mayor, I am not seeing any hands raised in the Zoom meeting. Mayor Finkel, I thank you. I would now look for a motion on the consent agenda. This is Commissioner Ananda. I would move to approve the consent agenda, accepting, accepting items B7C and B6A. I think there's B7D as well. I apologize, B7D, B6A, and B7C. Commissioner Larson, second. Mayor Finkelai, there's a motion by Commissioner Ananda, a second by Commissioner Lawson. Commissioner Ananda? Aye. Commissioner Lawson? Aye. Vice Mayor Shipley? Aye. Commissioner Bully? Aye. Mayor Finkelai, aye, passes five to zero. Um, going in order, I guess, B6A would be the first item to be pulled off the agenda, off the consent agenda, and that is related to the um, multimodal transfer facility contract amendment. And I think I'm going to have a question for Adam. There he is. Um, first, I'll start by saying, I mean, I like the proposal. I like the um, idea of more community engagement, um, digging in to this issue, which obviously um, touches a lot of people. Um, but the one question I have is, you know, when we, we had the last meeting, one of my questions, or I think one of the questions that came from that meeting was, could the current location in the 700 block of Vermont, is there a way engineering wise it could work either with a, you know, the size or one way street or whatever. And we had some discussion about that, but never, of course, got an answer. Um, is that something that's going to be considered? Or at some point, I didn't see much engineering in this. At some point, are we going to get the answer to that question? Because I think that's something we'll need to at least consider in a final determination. Sure. So Adam Weigel, Transit Parking Manager. Uh, that's a good question. I think um, as, as we you know, kind of took in what we heard in that August meeting. I think what we were gathering was there was a lot of concern about the process that led to the sites that we did do concept design work for. So um, what you see before you on the consent agenda tonight was aiming to create a better process for that site selection to happen and to start with community engagement to help build what those site selection criteria would be um, so that it wasn't just kind of an administrative or a technical process um, from our end. So we do envision that this particular scope of work is the first step in getting us towards that. Um, this particular scope of work does not spend uh, really any time on engineering work. It is all focused on when we work with the community to 
come to some agreement on the criteria we will use to select sites and the geographic boundary that uh, we will commit to stay within. Um, with, with that knowledge and agreement of kind of how we will look at sites, and I think the following step would be um, looking at everything within that boundary. What's, what's all the ideas that we could possibly evaluate, evaluation of those, and come back to the commission with um, probably some that rise to the top as checking more of the boxes of that criteria, and probably others that would be um, falling lower due to not checking as many of those boxes. Um, and at that point, I think we would seek direction on, on which sites the commission would like us to invest in engineering drawings. I think that's the direction this was headed. We were concerned about creating new engineering work on, on sites um, that either may not technically work or may not have been a well thought out process for how we arrived at those. Um, we, we weren't sure we wanted to jump into more site drawings of, of new sites without going through that. Mayor Finkelai, okay, thank you for that. I, I see the direction you're heading and I can see um, I guess I sometimes jump to the end, and so I can see why we uh, um, see where you're coming from, and I appreciate that that process. Um, that answers my question. Any other questions from commissioners on this item? Seeing none, um, does any Porter? You still have no one present at City Hall. Um, we actually have people joined us recently. Um, okay. Are you interested in providing public comment on this, what they were just discussing? No public comment here, Mayor. Mayor Fingal, I thank you. Any member of the public on Zoom like to uh, make public comment on this item? Mayor, I am not seeing any hands raised in the Zoom meeting. Mayor Finkel, I thank you. Um, Without explanation, I'm, I'm comfortable with proceeding um, as proposed by Adam and, and the group, so I'd look for a motion. This is uh, Commissioner Rush, and I'll make a motion to authorize the city manager to execute supplemental agreement number two in the amount of $131,420 for a downtown site selection study for the multimodal transfer facility and downtown transfer improvements projects number CIP number TR-21-01. Commissioner Ananda, second. Mayor Finkel, there's a motion by Commissioner Lawson, a second by Commissioner Ananda. Commissioner Lawson? Aye. Commissioner Ananda? Aye. Vice Mayor Shipley? Aye. Commissioner Bowley? Aye. Mayor Finkel, aye. Passes five to zero. Thank you, Adam. Um, next on would be B7C, and I believe that's a text amendment that Vice Mayor Shipley pulled. Go ahead, Vice Mayor. Um, this is very similar to one or possibly related to one that we had um, decided not to immediately um, send to staff. So I wondered if staff could um, talk to me about why this is different um, in terms of our prioritization. Of Craig Planning and Development Services. Vice Mayor, the plan development requ requires when an applicant submits a text amendment application that it be forwarded to the City Commission for consideration. So that's why you're, you're seeing the amendment come forward again. Um, and you are correct. This is, if you, if you kind of think of it, it's half of the amendment that was prior to the previous amendment 
looked at two districts. This is only looking at one of the zoning districts, the RMO district at this time. Um, Vice Mayor Shipley. So um, we already had the discussion previously about something similar, and I appreciate that this may not take as much energy. Maybe you, that's not exactly what you said, but <laughs> maybe that's what you're kind of saying, uh, since it's only half of it. But I guess one of my questions is, we redo all of our codes. I mean, what would happen if we threw our zoning out completely and RMO meant nothing anymore and we spent 10 hours working on it? What, um, is that something that could happen? <laughs> Jeff Craig, Planning and Development Services. Yeah, the, the item before you this evening is just to initiate the research to allow staff to dig into it to see what parts of the amendment or the, the requested amendment are, are good to work with, which ones would we recommend and not recommend for the planning commission and the city commission. So um, it's hard to say if we would throw the, the whole district out necessarily, but it may require some adjustments and, and tweaking of the district to take a look at it. But the, the initiation only starts the, the research process for us to kind of allow us the, the time and space to do the work to see what is possible and what would be the, our recommendation for an amendment for consideration. Vice Mayor Shipley, I apologize. I didn't mean to confuse you. Um, <laughs> I just meant, you know, in the future, if we completely overhaul all of our codes and we spend, we continue over the next year to spend little dribs and drabs of time on stuff like this. Um, I, I was just afraid that it would ultimately be a waste of time. Um, and while very important to the applicant, of course, um, doesn't necessarily reach the priorities that we've um, really identified at this time, particularly housing. So um, that mayor, that was all I, that was why I pulled it. So um, feel free to ask the applicant to speak or, um, whatever. Mayor Fingalai, Vice Mayor Shibley, thank you. I guess my question for Jeff um, is, um, do you have an estimate on the, the amount of time something like this would take? Have you dug into it enough to even know that? Or is this literally just you got the request and you put it on our agenda? Jeff Craig, Planning and Development Services. We have taken a look to kind of get a, a ballpark idea of what that would look like. We don't expect it to be a, a large scale or a, a, a high volume kind of an amendment. It's not asking for some of those things. Um, so we do think it, it's it's a reasonable ask on, on time and, and resources, truthfully. Mayor Finkelai, thank you. Other questions? Yeah, Commissioner Larson, a uh, question. So when you, if this, if this were to move forward, does it go on a list of priorities or is it just put at the bottom of a list somewhere and you get to it as you work your way through it? Because I know you've got a schedule that you provided as to what you want to accomplish over the next few years. So does this uh, kind of go to the bottom of that list? Jeff Craig, Planning and Development Services. Commissioner Larson, I think I understand your question, but please let me know if, I, if I'm misinterpreting it. Um, because it's an applicant initiated amendment, we would try to work it with some speed to make sure that it was meeting the marks like we would for a rezoning and a site plan. Um, so we wouldn't program it into the planning work plan like we would for our neighborhood plans and some of those longer term larger studies. We would work this like a, a current uh, current planning application that was coming forward. So we would dedicate staff time to it to try to move it through the process as fast as we could. 
I, I hope I got the, your, your question. May I think I have other questions from commissioners? Um, seeing none, this is a public hearing item. And first of all, I guess I'll ask the people, anyone President City Hall like to speak on this item? Mayor, there are no speakers in the room. Mayor Fink Live, would any member on Zoom like to speak to this item? If so, please raise your hand using the raise your hand feature, or otherwise let Denny know and she'll call upon you. Patrick Watkins. Uh, Mayor, I'm, I'm representing the applicant here. Um, I, I suppose I could wait to see if there's any other folks that want to provide public comment first, or I doubt that there are. <laughs> okay. I'll just proceed. Um, I have a few comments. Um, and just to reintroduce myself, my name is Patrick Watkins. I'm a local land use attorney. Um, I'm representing the applicant here. And everything that Jeff has stated is accurate. Um, we tried to refine our approach with this application. Um, and I appreciate uh, Commissioner Shipley's concern here and, and certainly the concerns of staff time. Um, I, I'm compelled to note that while the applicant has you know a need to um, push forward on you know any plan of development for that particular property. I think really text amendments are about the needs of the community, and in this case, we're talking about a particular need that's based upon change circumstances in the market. Um, there's really two criteria under which these text amendments are evaluated. Uh, it's whether the text amendment corrects an error or inconsistency in the development code or meets the challenge of a changing condition. In this case, um, you know, self-storage, climate-controlled self-storage in particular, it's not the most glamorous thing to talk about, but uh, there is a deep need for this particular type of storage. Um, we see this happening in our peer cities and we see it in the region. Um, and, and I have some slides to show, but I don't want to belabor the issue too much. Um, but I think this particular application is driven by a deep need in the community to provide uh, these facilities within the residential setting. Um, self-storage, climate-controlled self-storage at that is not the typical industrial storage that we all think of. Um, and this application specifically originated from a staff report where uh, the applicant was trying to introduce uh, this climate-controlled self-storage uh, concept and was forced to rezone to industrial. And while the staff notes that uh, the use was compatible or potentially compatible with residential areas and commercial areas, the zoning designation wasn't. The staff report from that particular uh, rezoning request, although it failed, the staff report notes that the way you solve that particular type of conundrum is with the text amendment. You look at the code, uh, you decide if it needs updating, and in this case, uh, we're following that recommendation. We're looking to update the code to meet the modern demands of storage. Um, and so when we look at these self-storage centers, they really do look and function and feel much more like the typical office complex than they would an industrial site. Um, if we do not update our code, we will not get these climate-controlled self-storage centers like we're getting and seeing uh, in the surrounding communities and in Kansas City, 
And as a result, Lawrence citizens will end up spending their money uh, and their time storing their valuable possessions in places like Lenexa, where we know these are populating in residential areas, Garden, DeSoto. Um, so again, not to complicate this too much and not to belabor it, this is just an application to look at this. But we find that it meets the two very reasonable criteria under which a text amendment could come. Does it correct or meet the challenge of a changing condition? We think it really clearly does. And does it align with the comprehensive code? Absolutely, we think it does. The comprehensive code calls for us to maximize the use of infill properties. Um, it, it calls for us to think creatively and dynamically about our land uses. And if the comprehensive code were to stall out on text amendments, we wouldn't be meeting the needs of a changing community and, and staying up with modern uh, developments in land use. So I think very clearly uh, the applicant uh, believes that there's a strong demand. I think the community would find there to be a strong demand for this particular use. And um, we're optimistic that if we were to able to start this process with, with the staff, uh, the planning staff, uh, we think that the community would benefit. Uh, we think there's great reason to initiate a text amendment. Um, but we're here to answer any questions you have. I have some slides on what these facilities look like um, that I'd be happy to share. Um, but of course, any questions we're happy to answer. Mayor Fingal, I thank you, Patrick. Any other um, public comment before we bring it back to the commission for questions? Sorry, I'm not seeing any other hands going up in the Zoom meeting. Mayor Fingal, I thank you, Denny. We'll bring it back to the commission for questions, either of, of Patrick or of staff. Well, if there's no questions, I guess comments. Mayor Fingal, I guess I, I'll jump in. Um, of course, I voted against this last, I voted to allow the initiation last time, which failed. Um, and so, you probably know where I'm coming from. I, I do think it's a um, it's worth um, initiating. I think it's worth looking at. Um, I think that um, just like any zoning application or um, you know any applicant initiated um, step, I think that's worth looking at. And, and I think that's what our planning department does. It's and and as Patrick pointed out, I think it meets our criteria. And it's something that we haven't really considered, which is this climate controlled. Um, areas, um, climate control storage is a different animal than you know, outside storage. And so I do think it's something that needs to be looked at and, and I think we benefit. Um, certainly I'm very excited to get the new development code in place, but I think the RFP that just went out said 12 to 48 months or something. And so we still have to keep moving along until that time. Other comments? Um, Vice Mayor Shipley, um, I think I had a lot of agreement with Commissioner Boley when we first talked about this, so I didn't know if, if he had any thoughts at this point. No, I really don't have anything to share. Thanks. Um, Vice Mayor Shipley. Um, so, These are sent to us 
because it is evidently our um, charge to say yes or no to them. If the Kansas statute um, wanted us to always say yes to them, then presumably they wouldn't send them to us in this way, text amendments. Um, so that would be my response to that. Whether or not staff feels this is a drain on their time compared to the importance of, for example, some of the things that we'll be speaking about later this evening in terms of rezoning, um, I, I obviously won't speak any more than what Jeff has said. Um, but um, we, it is our charge to prioritize our um, resources and um, I don't particularly um, feel that we're ignoring the needs of the community if we prioritize this below a lot of other things that would provide housing for people. May I think I have other, other comments? Vice Mayor Shipley, I guess my response to that and you know is again that I, I hear where you're coming from and the idea that you know we don't have to approve all text amendments I certainly agree with um, but you know I see this you know as Patrick pointed out as something that's different um, this might be a bad example because I don't know what our code says but let's say someone wanted to bring a zoo to town they couldn't even apply couldn't even file an application for rezoning possibly because there's no there's no place in our code that says zoo. So you'd have to, before you applied for a zoo, you'd have to ask for a text amendment to allow a zoo to be, um, to be, to proceed. So we, anyone, if they comply with the code can apply and we don't say yes or no to that. We do say yes or no to changing the code to let someone to apply. But I think that's why our, our, our code says when there's a changing condition, something we didn't think about when we originally wrote the code, those are the sorts of times we should consider amending the code to allow an applicant to proceed. So I hear what you're saying. I just think this falls in a different category, which is something we hadn't considered and something I think they have the right to ask that amendment for so then they can apply. Vice Mayor Shipley, I appreciate that, Mayor. That's very helpful. I would also say for what it's worth and whatever is about to happen, Unfortunately, this person applied twice and I presume paid twice uh, for the uh, privilege of applying. So um, that whatever happens does seem a bit unfair. So if um, uh, unless staff disagrees or, or any of the other commissioners disagree, it seems a, I would suggest a bit unfair that they applied twice for something may or may not go through. But I just I want to throw that out there. Everything like Commissioner Larson, you are muted. Yeah, 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 Commissioner Larson. Yeah, I'm not muted. Um, so I'm, I'm looking at this um, with the request for in the RMO, which um, is what that interests me because I know that there's been a downturn in demand for office spaces in general um, throughout the region and, and maybe nationwide. 
And, um, you know, a few weeks ago, we had uh, something come before us in an RSO, and they really didn't have any office space in it at all. It turned out to be just a um, regular residential um, um, situation. So uh, I, I'm intrigued by the idea of uh, trying to keep some of these um, RMOs, RSOs, more geared towards office space or office type. So I'm interested in seeing more about this, seeing what the, the research shows on this. So. So for this particular one, I am interested in moving forward. Mayor Finkley, any other comments, motions? Vice President, it won't matter, I know. But I would also point there are trends all over the nation where, again, people are moving away from office space for a number of reasons. And in some places where there's an abundance of office space are changing them to residential. Mayor Finkeldi, I'll go ahead and try a motion, see. What happens, I'd move to initiate a text amendment TA-21-0347 to chapter 20 of the City of Lawrence Code to modify the definition and standards related to climate-controlled mini-warehouse use and permit the climate-controlled mini-warehouse use in the Armo Zoning District. Mr. Larson, second. Mayor Finkelide, I made a motion. There's a second by Commissioner Lawson. I voted aye. Commissioner Lawson? Aye. Vice Mayor Shipley? Nay. Commissioner Ananda? Aye. Commissioner Boley? Aye. Passes 4-1. to one. Thank you on that one. And we have one other item pulled from the consent agenda, and that is 8-7-D. Commissioner Larson, I believe you pulled that? Yeah, Commissioner Larson, I just pulled it for voting purposes. Mayor Finkel, oh, those are the findings of fact, got it. Um, I guess it is a public hearing item. If any member of the public who's president of City Hall would like to speak on 87D, please let Denny know. Ms. Commissioner Nona Mayor, I would just clarify it's B7D, is that right? Oh, sorry. I said eight. I can't even read my own handwriting. It's a, it's a B. That's a B I wrote down. B7D. Thank you. Mayor Finkelai, thank you for that. Um, Denny, is anyone present to see Hall like to speak on this item? Mayor, there are no speakers in the room. Oh, Mayor Finkelai, back to that. Okay. Any member on Zoom like to speak to this item? Mayor, I am not seeing any hands going up in the Zoom meeting. Mayor Finkelai, then I would look for a motion. Vice Mayor Shipley, I kind of have a question. Oh, okay. um, I, didn't, I didn't pull this for voting purposes because I, while I also voted against it as Commissioner um, Larson did, it was findings of fact. And I think this is the first time this has happened to me anyway. So I wasn't sure that it mattered one way or the other if I voted against the findings of fact. Um, is maybe Randy around? Does, does he have an opinion? This is Randy Larkin, Deputy City Attorney. Um, yeah, theoretically, you could actually, even though you voted against it, you could vote in favor of the findings of fact because that was how the commission voted. But I, 
ultimately it's it's your own conscience and and practice has been if you voted against something that you would continue that vote. Vice Mayor Shipley, thank you very much, Randy. You're welcome. This is Commissioner Nanda, I'm willing to make that motion. Um, I move to approve and authorize the mayor to sign the findings of fact and conclusions of law relating to the appeal of the site approval at 2300 Crestline Drive. This is Commissioner Bully, second. Mayor Finkelai, there's a motion by Commissioner Ananda, a second by Commissioner Bully. Commissioner Ananda? Aye. Commissioner Bully? Aye. Vice Mayor Shipley? Nay. Commissioner Lawson? Nay. Mayor Finkelai, aye. Passes three to two. Okay, that moves us to public comment. The public is allowed to speak on items or issues that are not scheduled for discussion on the agenda. As a general practice, the commission will not discuss or debate these items, nor will the commission make decisions on items presented during this time. Individuals should address all comments and questions to the commission. Each person will be limited to three minutes. If any member of the public would like to make general public comment, please raise your hand using the raise your hand feature and Denny will call upon you. Mayor, there are no speakers in the room. And do we see anyone on Zoom? Yes, Mayor, Chris Flowers. Hi, this is Chris Flowers. I just wanna leave a quick message that um, when y'all switch over to the new commission that I do hope you elect a mayor based on who you think would be the best fit to be a mayor instead of just going by tradition. Um, I don't know if y'all remember, but when you all um, got, when, when the police chief was ousted and no questions were asked, I kind of brought it up numerous times at commission. And if there's no discussion about how you're gonna elect the mayor after you've started a, a city task force and have looked into this issue. And I think some of their findings would give um, give argument that we, we've been doing it wrong. So I, I do hope you ha at least have a conversation because if you don't, I'll probably be bringing it up at future meetings. Thank you. Mayor, I am not seeing any other hands going up in the Zoom meeting. Mayor Finkel, I thank you, Denny. That brings us to our regular agenda. And I think Mary Miller has this one. Mary, are we doing items one, two, and three at the same time? We certainly can if you'd like to. Well, if that's how your presentation is set up, I'm fine to do that. If you set it up another way, I'm fine to take them in order. I made it so it was flexible, so I could do either way, but uh, we did it all together at the Planning Commission, so. Mayor Finkel, then let's go ahead and do it all together. Okay. And um, you may proceed. Okay, thank you. Mary Miller, City County Planner, and I'm going to share my screen real quick. Oh, it's disabled. Am I able to share my screen? Yes, sorry, Mary, hang on. Okay. You should be able to now.
Thank you, um, Mary Miller, City County Planner. This item, uh, we're going to discuss them together. There's three parts. There's a comprehensive plan amendment and then two rezonings, uh, one to RS7 and one to OS. Uh, these are all for the property that's in the southwest corner of the intersection of Highway 40, West 6th Street, and then K-10 Highway. Uh, the request for the comprehensive plan amendment is specifically to revise future land use recommendations in the west of K-10 plan. The graphic on the left shows the planning boundaries of the west of K-10 plan. It's uh, almost all located west of K-10. There is this area in the southeast that does creep over to the east of K-10. This area is entirely outside the city limits except for the subject property, which was annexed in 2012 and is part of the city of Lawrence. Uh, the graphic on the right shows the future land use recommendations. Yellow is low density residential. The orange is medium density residential. The tan is residential office. The dark brown is high density residential. The blue, um, if you look at the subject property, just south of the subject property, that blue is institutional and there is a church located in that area. South of that, the purple is recommending future industrial uses. Uh, the red areas are commercial uses. And the green area, that solid green, is open space. And the green area of the red hatch marks is just open space buffer areas. The plan notes that the commercial community commercial center, the CC 600 district, and that is the district that the subject property is zoned, is intended to allow for commercial, office, mixed-use residential, and employment uses. And that up to 600,000 square feet of retail uses is to be located at the intersection of Highway 40 and K-10 um, in all the four quadrants. Uh, the retail is to be primarily located on two corners with small portions on the other two corners. So out of the 600,000, 155,000 square feet of retail was designated for this northwestern corner. Uh, the majority of the commercial is designated for the northeastern corner. And while the plan recommends a mix of residential uses, it does not recommend standalone residential development in this northwest corner. Um, it does in the southeastern corner, and, and it does have low density residential, but it currently does not recommend standalone residential in the northwestern corner. The zoning districts recommended for the northwestern corner only permit multi-dwelling residences, and these are permitted only when they make up less than 50% of a planned development, a mixed development. Plan 2040 recommends that residential development occur in Tier 1, which is the City of Lawrence, before moving into Tier 2, and it recommends infill development. In this case, there is a large greenfield within the city limits that has not yet been developed. Additional residential development could be accommodated here than would be possible with traditional infill. Achieving a mix of residential uses in this quadrant would require revision to the area plan to allow various residential types in the area, as well as the multi-dwelling uses which are permitted as part of that mixed use development in the CC district. The applicant requested that low and medium density residential uses be included in the recommended uses for the Northwest quadrant of this intersection. Uh, the graphic on the left shows the current land use recommendations in the West of K-10 plan. Uh, the subject property in the Northwest is nearly all commercial, commercial center, with a strip of open space buffer area along the northern boundary. To the right, we see what is being proposed. Um, the RS7 zoning, that would be low density residential. And uh, next to it would be open space, be the buffering open space. Um, the area that's shown with the green and white hatch marks, that's just the open space buffer that would remain. There's no 
contingent to remove that buffer and the majority of the property would remain CC 600. No open space buffer is being proposed between the new residential district and the existing commercial center. And that's because these will be developed with the knowledge that there will be commercial and residential interface. Um, the commercial district will be subject to our commercial design standards. And these have measures that would ensure compatibility between commercial development and lower intensity development. Things that the design guidelines would recommend would be moving the more intense commercial uses away from the residential uses to have reducing the scale and massing of commercial buildings when you get closer to residential so they're more similar in nature to residential uses. Um, the orientation of the buildings, you would not put the rear or the service areas facing the residential areas. And then in addition, the landscape would also be another major that would be used to ensure compatibility. And the commercial design standards actually recommend integrating the residential and the commercial developments with pathways and walkways. And um, so the finished product, the commercial should be compatible to residential. And so therefore the open space buffer is not being recommended in this area. It is being recommended along the established residential rural subdivision to the north uh, because that was developed with no intention or knowledge that there would be a commercial development adjacent to the south. Uh, the proposed change requires some, um, oh, I'm sorry, this is a map showing the future land uses um, as they would appear with the existing land uses. So the recommendations in the area plan, the com community commercial center and the buffer, on the left you can see it in relationship to um, the single family residential uses on the north and the west. The purple area is currently agriculture. And uh, then we have the blue, which would be the institutional uses. And on the right, we see the proposed uses with the residential being adjacent to the residential on the west and the north, and then the open space being right adjacent to the single family. And if you remember earlier on one of the slides, we did look at the proposed future uses. This area was proposed to be medium density residential, and this area was proposed to be residential office. So the proposed changes would still be compatible with the land use recommendations proposed in the um, area plan for the adjacent properties. So the changes would require two things. One would be a map amendment. On the left, we see the existing future land use recommendations. And on the right, we see those that are being recommended with this plan amendment. Then also there would need to be a change in the language. The uh, plan currently, as for the Northwest corner, the language currently states that it is expected to have a mix of uses, including retail and other commercial uses. And so we recommend adding the language, residential uses may be incorporated as components of a mixed use commercial development, or may be developed independently along the north and west boundary of the corner. This area is intended to be a commercial node, therefore residential development should be limited to maintain the retail character. So it does allow the re residential in certain areas, but does have a note that this should remain primarily retail. And then later on, there is a wording change just to make it clear that that open space buffer is intended only to provide buffering from the existing residential neighborhood to the north. The Planning Commission considered this um, amendment at their September meeting and voted seven to one to recommend approval and to approve it and forward it on to the City and County Commission with a recommendation for approval. The commissioner who voted against it was concerned that um, revising it and removing the CC or reducing the CC zoning area might reduce the ability to have a development where we have the mixed commercial and multi-dwelling residential development. But there is still a large area of CC zoning that would still be left. So 
you should still be quite possible to have mixed use multi dwelling residential and retail on the remainder of the property, even with these changes in the area plan. The CPA process is different than most other processes we bring before you. Um, all three boards must vote to approve a comprehensive plan amendment. Uh, the Planning Commission did vote to approve it. It'll be before you today. If you vote to approve it, it'll be before you next week for adoption on second reading. If it is approved, it'll move on to the County Commission. If all three bodies approve it, then it would be approved. If anybody votes to deny it, the comprehensive plan amendment would stop then. However, the rezoning request may move forward without the CPA. Um, that is just one of the review criteria, so we could review it even if it did not comply with the comprehensive plan amendment. And so I'll move on to the first rezoning request, which is from the CC600 to the RS7 district for about 25.4 acres of the property's address at 7200 West 6th Street. Um, it, the request is to go to the RS7, which is single dwelling residential with a minimum lot area of 7,000 square feet required, which means the maximum density is 6.2 dwelling units per acre, which puts it right at the low density, but it's right at the cusp of low to medium density residential. When we look at rezoning requests, we look at several um, review criteria. One of them that we look at is, is the proposed rezoning and land use compatible with the existing zoning and land uses in the area? Um, the figure on the left looks at the rezonings. Um, the rezonings are rural zoning. So CP is the cluster preservation. That is the highest density residential development possible outside the city limits. And that is a plattered rural subdivision. Um, most of the area surrounding this property is zoned Ag 1, which is just agriculture. And there are areas that are zoned Ag 2, which is transitional agriculture. The primary difference between those two is the size of the parcels. They both permit residential uses as well as agriculture. And on the right uh, graphic, we see the land uses in the area. The areas shown in yellow are low density residential, and then purple is agriculture. And then we know that uh, the future land uses that are being proposed would be medium density residential and residential office to the west and commercial on the subject property. And so the proposed rezoning and land use would be compatible with the rezoning and land uses in the area. Another criteria we look at is, is the proposed rezoning compatible with the character of the area? Um, the area is divided by Highway 10. Uh, primarily to the east of Highway 10, we have a mixture of um, land that's currently being developed. As, uh, it's within the city limits, and it's in varying stages of development. We have the Rock Chalk Park um, and Lawrence Sports Pavilion to the northeast. Uh, directly to the east is the other quadrant in this intersection, which has been developed with Lawrence Memorial Hospital outpatient facility and a hotel. And then in the southeastern portion, that's been developed residentially. There have been no commercial projects there. And in the southeast quadrant, we have the church. On the west side of Highway 10, we have primarily agriculture and um, rural residential uses. And so rezoning this portion to residential, especially being adjacent to the residential subdivision to the north, should be compatible with the character of the area. Uh, some of the other criteria that we look at, um, these are the golden factors or review criteria. One is, is the rezoning in compliance with the plans for the area? And as we noted, this is not compliant with the West of K-10 plan, and therefore that plan amendment was submitted. 
Uh, we look at the suitability of the property for the uses that it's restricted with the current zoning. Um, that would be the commercial uses. The property appears to be suitable for either commercial or residential development. We look at how long it's been vacant. The property has not been developed since county zoning was adopted in 1966 or since it's been annexed in 2012. We look at potential detrimental in impacts to nearby properties or to the area. And um, there's a limited range of uses that are allowed in the RS7 district. And there were no detrimental impacts identified to the area or to the nearby properties. And therefore there was no gain to the public identified from the denial of the application. <clears throat> However, if the application is approved, there could be a gain to the public in that there would be additional area for housing stock. And then we look at the comprehensive plan. A comprehensive plan in Chapter 2B recommends, as we mentioned before, that we maximize development opportunities in, within Lawrence before expanding into Tier 2. And Goal 7 is to create a functional, aesthetically unique residential environment, providing compatible transitions from residential neighborhoods to more intense uses. And uh, with the use of the commercial design standards and the site plans that would be submitted with the commercial development, that goal should be achieved. The Planning Commission voted seven to one at their September meeting to forward this rezoning request to you with a recommendation for approval. And as I mentioned, the one commissioner voting against it was concerned that we would lose some of the ability to have the mixed use multi-dwelling commercial development. And this brings us to the last rezoning request. That's the request to rezone approximately 10.4 acres to the OS or open space district. And again, we're gonna go through the review criteria, the zoning and land uses of nearby properties. The open space area is that green area on the north side that the subject property looks something like an iceberg. It's located directly adjacent to the CP or cluster preservation. Um, open space is seldom seen as a negative component. Usually if it's next to a residential or any development, it's an amenity or seen as a positive. So it should be suitable and compatible with the zonings in the area as well as with the land uses in the area. Uh, we look at the compatibility of the proposal to rezone to OS with the entire the character of the area and having this area as open space should be in compliance and compatible with the character of the area. Should have no negative impacts. We look at the plans for the area. Um, as we looked at the comprehensive plan, the um, West of K-10 plan, it had a strip of open space buffer just along the northern portion. This is a deeper portion of open space, but it removes that strip along the western side because that's being replaced potentially with RS-7 zoning. So it is not strictly compatible or in conformance with the plans for the area. The suitability of the property. Uh, the property does contain a drainage way and will probably be the location of a detention area. Um, so it uh, may not be that suitable for commercial development. However, it could have a detention pond. You don't have to have the OS zoning for that, but it is quite suitable for the OS zoning. That could be an amenity and have walking paths around that uh, detention pond. Again, it's been vacant. It has never been developed. Uh, as I mentioned before, there are usually no detrimental impacts identified with OS zoning. And so there'd be no gain from the public from denial of this uh, to allow this open space rezoning. And then the comprehensive plan, again, it talks about uh, creating the functional and aesthetically unique residential environment, which the open space would help provide. 
uh, providing the compatible transitions between residential and more intensive uses, which the open space would help provide. And then um, action step 7.8 recommends we locate open space uh, within walking distance of all residential areas and provide planned access to parks and open spaces and subdivisions. And so when this area is uh, platted and uh, designed, that open space should be developed to serve as an amenity to all the both residential subdivisions, one to the north and the one that it's located would be located next to, as well as the commercial property. And then in the commercial, it wants the transitions from commercial to other land uses. And the plan 2040 actually notes this could include landscaping, transition yards, and open space. So it would be a suitable transition. Again, the planning commission voted seven to one to forward the rezoning application with a recommendation for approval. And the planning commissioner who voted against it just noted that since he voted against the other items that he would vote against this as well, although he wasn't particularly opposed to the open space. And so that concludes my, let's stop sharing here. Mayor Finkelai, thank you, Mary. Questions from commissioners for Mary. Thanks, Mayor Shipley. On your second item there, Mary, um, you showed the Ag One and you said that that was the highest density um, uh, zoning out in the county, I think you said. Is that higher density than what we're trying to change this, uh, add this zoning to? Uh, Mary Miller, planner. Uh, that was the CP zoning that was directly north of the property and CP is cluster preservation. So that's the highest zoning that you can go to now in the county. And it's the minimum lot size is three acres per lot. So no, it's way, it's quite a bit less dense than what the RS7 would be. Commissioner Larson, I've got a question. Mary, could you remind me of the um, on residential RS um, type zonings, what the difference is between low, medium versus high density? What are the cutoffs for that? I know that between, I just looked this up today, Mary Miller Planner. So the cutoff between low and medium is RS7 is low, RS5 is medium. And so they're just on the edge. So um, the comprehensive plan, when it talks about low density, it's looking at more like RS5, but um, RS7 if it's developed to its maximum capacity would be medium. Okay, and um, an RS7, they can go up to 10,000 square feet, is that correct? Mary Miller planner, no, they're limited to no more than 7,000 square feet. I'm sorry, For they can go up to any amount. The smallest they can go is 7,000 square feet, but we don't have a maximum limit. On RS7? No, Finkel, any other questions before we have the applicant speak? Vice Mayor? Maybe I did, Mary, just want to ask, because I, I did watch this meeting a couple times, um, and I, I maybe I misunderstood uh, Commissioner Shanklin, who voted against it. I, I thought I understood that commissioner to mean they thought this should be higher density, not just mixed use, that if I understood what you were saying at that time, that mixed use was a possibility, um, not a guarantee. And I, I thought I understood that commissioner was concerned that we were wasting an opportunity for a higher density. Um, can you correct me? Mary Miller Planner, I do think he mentioned that, that perhaps some other zoning of more density. I 
I thought his primary concern was that he wanted to see more of the mixed use development, the higher density that is permitted in CC 600. You know, it's possible that a person could come along and want a different density. When we revised the plan, we didn't set it in RS 7. So someone could come in and ask for RS 5 or ask for RS 3 or even duplex. So the, the plan isn't limiting them to the RS 7. That's just what the applicant submitted. Mayor Finkel, I see no other questions. Looks like Matt Koff is here for the applicant. Go ahead and let you proceed. Good evening, Mayor Finkel, and Commissioners. My name is Matthew Goff with Barbara Emerson Law Firm representing the applicant. The comprehensive plan amendment and the two rezoning requests come to you with recommendations for, of approval from staff and the planning commissions. We're taking approximately 35 acres from CC 600 zoning to either RS7 or OS. Approval of these requests would create new single family inventory at a, and at the same time, it would create a bigger, better, more effective buffer between the remaining CC 600 zoning district and the single family and agricultural residences that are located to the north and to the west. There was discussion at the planning commission meeting regarding whether an amendment of the west of K-10 plan was necessary. The planning commission concluded that the amendment was appropriate. Um, as was discussed, we're really updating the map and changing some language to accommodate the possibility for low and medium density, density housing. And to Commissioner Larson's question about the difference, there's also a, a reference in the west of K-10 plan up to six dwelling units an acre is low and uh, seven to 15 is medium. And with some discussions with staff, we decided to mention medium as a possibility, but obviously the request before you tonight is for RS7 and open space. Um, as the staff noted in its reports, the project satisfies plan 2040's goal of maximizing development in tier one within Lawrence before expanding into tier two and promotes combat compatible transitions from commercial land uses to other less intense uses. Um, you know, plan 2040 notes in chapter one that it's supposed to be the foundation for specific land use plans. The West of K-10 plan was adopted in 2008 and last amended in 2015 um, I would prioritize the goals as stated in Plan 2040 as a stronger indication of whether the rezoning applications comply with the comprehensive plan. But with approval of the comprehensive plan amendment before you this evening, then the applications would fully comply. Um, as the staff noted, and as the Planning Commission found, the new zoning districts are compatible with the character of the area. They would remain compatible as the area develops. It's well suited for the proposed zoning districts and there would be no detrimental effect on neighboring properties. Staff found no negative impacts associated with the requests. The applicant agrees with the recommendations of the staff as forwarded to you with recommendation of approval from the Planning Commission. I'm pleased to stand for any questions you may have um, and I appreciate your consideration. Thank you. Mayor Finkelai, any questions for the applicant at this time? Vice Mayor Shipley, um, uh, I did notice it wasn't you. I think it was um, Mr. Storm. I don't know if he's here, but he indicated at some point in the conversation with the Planning Commission that uh, a possibility with uh, this or the green space would be 
an HOA or restrictive covenants. Um, I, um, I just wondered if you could speak to that. Um, in some instances, I could see where that would change uh, the benefits that the city or the broader public might get out of um, either the green space or the um, addition. So the platting process will detail the specifics and to the extent that we have open space that's to be maintained in some fashion and keeping in mind that a lot of this open space area is uh, what you might call a drainage area. It's, it's low lying, that's the natural path for where water may go. So I'm not sure at this point where a good walking trail or, or whatever would be. I know the city wants uh, something in the plat or some point in the process to know that, you know, to the extent that there's some amenity that needs to be maintained. If the city's not going to own it and maintain it, then they'll usually want some form of a homeowners association or, or something to that effect. And, and that's, you know, part and parcel with any residential subdivision. Uh, so, I, I, and, and even if it is maintained by an HOA, I wouldn't say that it then it would be, you know, gated or unavailable to the public. Um, it, it's not like it's private in the sense that nobody can step foot on it. But, um, you know, maybe your question had to do with the difference between a public park and a private open space area. But hopefully I answered your question. Vice Mayor Shipley, I believe you did. No, I, I do know the difference, but um not knowing at this point in the process how that might play out of course sometimes with we've seen with other um additions um let's say they made roads that were too narrow and the city couldn't take them over i just wanted to be sure um i don't see that that would be a possibility here also it was a benefit that mary mentioned which is that the neighbors would have access to it so that was the reason and i believe you answered that thank you Mayor Finkel, I see no other questions at the moment. I would open this um, to public comment, assuming no one is still at City Hall. If any member on Zoom would like to make public comment, please raise your hand using the raise your hand feature and then you will call upon you. Mayor, I am not seeing any hands going up in the Zoom meeting. Mayor Finkel, thank you, Denny. I will bring it back to the commission for <laughs> Discussions, questions, comments? Eventually motions. Commissioner Larson, I had a question for Mary. I know you spoke about that um, item number one, which is the text, uh, the comprehensive plan amendment. That does not need to pass in order for the other two to potentially pass. Is that correct? Mary Miller, planner. Yes, that's correct. You know, if um, we ask them to submit an amendment because it would just be more straightforward. However, if the comprehensive plan amendment is not approved, the rezonings can move ahead. We've had rezonings approved that did not comply with recommendations in the comprehensive plan necessarily. And it's just one of the review criteria. So when we look at all the golden factors and review criteria, you kind of get an overall feeling for the rezoning. It doesn't have to comply with each one. Okay. Okay, thank you. Mm -hmm. Vice Mayor Shipley, um, I don't know, maybe this is good for Mary. Um, um, 
Magov did um, quote, you know, maximizing um, land use. So if we don't um, uh, find ways to encourage the highest density, um, and are we really maximizing our land use? Planning, Mary Miller, I believe it might be several factors we should look at. One is maximizing our land use with high density, but another one is having a diverse a range of housing types. We want to be able to accommodate all everyone. So RS7, you know, being located near the edge of town may be an appropriate zoning district. That would be a decision for the commission, you know, but um, as far as looking at from a planning standpoint, having a variety of housing types is also important. Mary Finkel, I, I guess I'd just jump in and say I'm I'm supportive supportive of these three items. I think I agree with the, the planning staff and the planning commission um, that these are appropriate changes. You know, certainly I think um, you know having um, residential backup to residential is something we we like to see, and and I think this creates. I mean, the original plan had a small buffer, but you know if you had a large commercial district there i'm sure the neighbors would uh, let us hear about that but having um, that open space and the residential back up to the the current residential i think is a good buffer still leaves us plenty of commercial on on the three on the four corners and given our um, need right now for lots um, i think it's a uh, particularly important to move this forward and as we start to to look you know, on the west side of K10, I think this is a something that could start, you know, be a start of that conversation. So um, I will be supporting these three motions. Chris Larson, I got another question. Um, I, I saw on our maps that the water, we've got water across K10 there, um, south of 6th Street. Do we have um, the other services that are needed? Will that be paid for by any development that occurs there? Or how does that work? Mary Miller Planner, as a rule, um, extension of infrastructure is paid for by a developer. So when it's time to plat the property, they would need to be able to show that the infrastructure is available to serve it. And um, the applicant may be able to speak to the, the plans. I know that with changes to K-10 Highway, that seat is a good time maybe to make the, uh, to extend the sewer line underneath it while everything's being worked on. And they've indicated that they're, they're working with KDOT, but I think the applicant could probably provide more information on that. Uh, Chris Storm with Storm Engineering. Um, we've had discussions with the MSO department about possible extensions tied with the improvements at the intersection of 6th Street and the SLT and also with the widening of the SLT in the future. And that would be the time that we would try to loop the water lines and get the sewer across the South Lawrence traffic way. So we're in those discussions. And I mean, we've talked to them about the best way to accomplish that, but it's way kind of still in the planning phase on that. Thank you, Chris Arson, thank you.
Uh, Commissioner Larson, I'm in favor of, of moving forward with this. Um, uh, my, one of my only concerns is that we make sure we get the density that we have been wanting to see more of. Uh, RS7 is considered low, um, um, low density. Um, so um, my hope is that um, as we move further with this plan, that, that we make sure that that stays um, as high of a density as we can get. Vice Mayor Shipley, I agree. That's my reticence um, with this. Um, it just feels like we don't have the ability to waste space anymore. And we've been asked very specifically um, to be wary of that. And so anything we could do to encourage the highest useful density um, here um, would be greatly appreciated. This is Commissioner Ananda. Um, will we be making three separate motions, I assume? I think that would be appropriate. Okay, I'm willing to make the first motion if folks are ready. Okay, I move that we approve the comprehensive plan amendment CPA 21258 to plan 2040 amending chapter 8B and the West Kate of K-10 plan to add residential uses to the list of recommended uses for a portion of the Northwest Quadrant of the intersection of West 6th Street and Kansas Highway 10 and adopt on first reading joint ordinance number 9982. I think like Commissioner Larson, we missed you there. Did you second? Yeah, Commissioner Larson second. Mayor Finkelai, there's a motion by Commissioner Ananda, a second by Commissioner Larson. Commissioner Ananda? Aye. Commissioner Larson? Aye. Vice Mayor Shipley? Aye. Commissioner Bully? Aye. Mayor Finkel, aye. Aye. Passes five to zero. Commissioner Ananda, item two. Commissioner Ananda, I move that we approve the request to rezone Z21259, approximately 25.4 acres at 7200 West 6th Street from CC600 to the RS7 district based on the findings presented in the staff report and adopt on first reading ordinance number 9883. Commissioner Larson, second. Mayor Finkel, there's a motion by Commissioner Ananda, a second by Commissioner Lawson. Commissioner Ananda? Aye. Commissioner Lawson? Aye. Vice Mayor Shipley? Aye. Commissioner Bully? Aye. Mayor Finkel, aye. Passes five to zero. Now item number three. This is Commissioner Ananda. I would move to approve the request to rezone Z21260, approximately 10.4 acres at 7200 West 6th Street from C600 to the OS District based on the findings presented in the staff report and adopt on first reading ordinance number 9884. Commissioner Larson, second. Mayor Finkel, there's a motion by Commissioner Ananda, a second by Commissioner Lawson. Commissioner Ananda? Aye. Commissioner Lawson? Aye. Vice Mayor Shipley? Aye. Commissioner Bully? Aye. Mayor Finkel, aye, aye. Passes five to zero. Thank you very much, Matt Christopher. And we will now move to item number four. Um, I assume no one needs to take a break yet. We can push through. Item number four then is the long-term residential. And it looks like Brian is here to present. I don't want to say again, but I'll just say again. <laughs> 
Good evening, Mayor Commissioners. Brian Jimenez, Code Enforcement Manager for the City with Planning and Development Services. Um, I won't be very long in my presentation tonight. Um, so if you have any questions I didn't cover, please do so. Um, to refresh everyone's memory, um, we brought this um, ordinance 9876 to you on September the 21st. During that presentation, uh, I um, recommended seven amendments to the current property, excuse me, long-term rental code. Um, at the conclusion of discussion, um, I think everyone on the commission uh, liked those seven amendments and wished to keep them in. And I was also directed to look at changing specifically sections 1310C1. And I'll share my screen. <clears throat> uh, specifically 1310C1 um, to change some language there from may to shall and determine a number of violations that would require staff to um, do additional sampling inspections of a renter, a, a landlord's uh, rental portfolio. Um, I did um, do a little bit of statistics for you in this um, memo. Um, and I briefly touched on this on the September 21st meeting. Um, I won't go through all that um, verbatim, but the bottom line is in about 30% of all of our inspections we've done from 2015 to 2019, we had an average of 5.12 violations cited per dwelling unit. Um, as you remember, we talked about, we have the 27 standards within the ordinance as it currently is. And then we also have the property maintenance code. Um, we are obviously recommending to continue to just change the um, the language of the long term to meet the short term rental code, where we just cite the property maintenance code as it's amended by the city of Lawrence. So with those 5.12 average violations, our recommendation is still to give an incentive, which would be a six year inspection cycle, as we discussed in September. And that would be three violations or less for pre for uh, landlords so they would get that incentive if they had those violations that's you know that's two uh, violations below the average of one third of all the inspections completed and then the big change is is we recommend um, obviously changing the language um, from may to shall um, commissioner larson uh, specifically um, highlighted that language um, last uh, well two months ago um, so what we have done is we are saying in C1 of section 1310, if more than seven violations per dwelling unit are discovered, then the city's inspection staff shall inspect an additional 20% of that landlord's rental portfolio, not to exceed 25, 25 which um, used to be 15. So that, that code used to say five violations and it said may, and then it was um, additional 10% with a maximum of 15. So those are the four main changes of that code section. We also did look at, at the definition of um, dwelling unit. I did see uh, Marcy Francisco submittal today. Uh, what I can tell you is um, I don't think it needs to be changed. That language, that definition of dwelling unit is the same as it is in the short-term rental code and also in the city's development code. Now, there is a different definition of dwelling unit in the property maintenance code that we have adopted, but that um, was not changed by us. That was the that was the definition in that uniform um, code that we have adopted. So we did not change that definition in the property maintenance. So we do have three codes that are, are sort of tied together. They all have the same definition. Um, I think it works. Um, so I don't I did not make any changes to that definition. 
Secondly, um, we did talk about the trash issue at the September 21st meeting. Um, I, I'm very um, strong with my opinion that um, that is not a issue that we need to put into the rental code uh, long-term. Um, I've never had um, an issue with that. I think it's very seldom, and I think there's other avenues that the city can address that if those situations present themselves. As I mentioned on September 21st, I, I, I believe the Municipal Services and Operations Department is the correct department to handle those type of situations when and if they do arise. Uh, so that, in short summary, um, is, is my presentation. Um, we do believe that this fits with the uh, city's strategic plan. Um, to, to um, provide safe housing, to provide additional safe housing by increasing the number of um, required inspections. So we think that this, this is a good thing for this, the community and specifically the uh, citizens that rent dwelling units within the city of Lawrence. And I will stand for questions. Thank you. Mayor Fingalai, thank you, Brian. Um, any commissioners have questions for Brian at this time? Mayor Finkelheim. Uh, Brian, can you go ahead and stop sharing your screen just as we open it up to public comment? This is a public um, hearing item. If any member of the public would like to speak on this item, please raise your hand using the raise your hand feature and Denny will call upon you. Mayor Chris Flowers would like to speak in the Zoom meeting. Hi, um, this is Chris Flowers. Um, last time I asked about um, what would happen like if a resident doesn't want the city coming in to inspect their apartment. And I think we were told that um, the city can't come into a resident's home to inspect it without, um, without their permission or a warrant. And I'm just wondering if a resident says no, to having their their um, unit inspected that they're living in, um, will the city accept no as an answer, or the or will the city try to go and get a search warrant? Or I don't know a search warrant, but a warrant to go and um, and do their inspection of the apartment. Because I'm not sure the city's just going to accept no for an answer if the resident says no, you can't come and and inspect my apartment. So I would just like to know if the city's actually just gonna accept no or if the city's gonna fight and try to go get a warrant to go and do the inspection under this program. Thank you. Mayor, it does not appear there are any other speakers in the Zoom meeting. Mayor Fingaldi, thank you. I'll bring it back to the commission and I'll go ahead and ask um, either Brian or Randy, one maybe um, to talk about Chris's comment and then two, you know, have we have we ever done any administrative warrants for inspections? Uh, Brian Jimenez, Code Enforcement Manager, Planning and Development Services. I'll speak brief, briefly and let Randy follow up if he wishes. I can tell you that we do have that option available to us. We have not exercised that option in many years. We have a um, uh, 
We have a very high success rate of um, obtaining rent con consent from tenants to, to perform the ins inspection. Uh, we also do have the option if um, if a certain property that we've identified as needing to be inspected is, is an issue with the tenant, um, we do have the option of obviously choosing another dwelling unit within that renter's uh, landlord's portfolio. Um, but yes, we do have that administrative warrant option available, but it's been, um, I, I can't even guess how long it's been, but it, it's been a, it's been over five, six, seven years that we've um, implemented that option. I'll let Randy comment if he wishes. Well, this is Randy Larkin, Deputy City Attorney. I agree exactly with what Brian says. Um, at this point in time, if a tenant chooses not to um, consent, we'll look for another uh, property or another uh, unit. And then only if there's only no other option, pretty much will we seek an administrative warrant. So at that point in time, that's how it goes. So. Anyway, that's how the prop, that's how the system was set up, and that's how it's working today. No fatal die. Thank you for that. Other questions um, from commissioners or comments? This is Commissioner Ananda. Um, I will say that I didn't expect this process to be as painless as it was for everyone. I appreciate Brian bringing everything back to us, um, having very well thought out proposals for us. Um, I think that uh, we can see that this is something that probably was was needed and that you've given some thought to. Um, I don't think that we'll ever have a perfect system. But I do think that this brings us forward in that system and is worth giving a try and seeing what tweaks we need to make in the future as well. Commissioner Larson, um, yeah, I would echo that. Um, Commissioner Nanda definitely has been much less painful than I thought it would be. Um, and, and everything um, that I read on the most current um, stuff that Brian gave us is addressed everything that I was worried about. So um, I'm ready to, to move forward with it. Any other comments? Yeah, I think maybe we're ready for a motion. I'll make the motion. This is Commissioner Larson. I'll adopt on first reading ordinance number 9876. Commissioner Ananda, I'll second. Mayor Finkel, aye. There's a motion by Commissioner Lawson, a second by Commissioner Ananda. Commissioner Lawson? Aye. Commissioner Ananda? Aye. Vice Mayor Shipley? Aye. Commissioner Boley? Aye. Mayor Finkel, aye. aye. Passes five to zero. Thank you very much, Brian. Thank you. Thank you all very much. Have a good night. Okay. That brings us to item number five, which relates to the getting an update on the booklet program. And I'm not sure who's leading us off on that one. Mayor, this is Porter Arneal, Director of Communications and Creative Resources, and I'm going to take that. 
So good evening, everybody. And um, just as a reminder, during the COVID-19 pandemic, the city of Lawrence started a downtown temporary right-of-way program, which is also known as the Parklet program, as a way for businesses to continue generating revenue while functioning safely under public health orders. Uh, this temporary program is set to expire on December 31st, 2021. And so you all asked us as staff to implement the community engagement process to better understand community perspectives on parklets and whether residents and businesses would be in favor of the city coordinating a long-term parklet program after the current one expires. Hang on, doing my Zoom duties here. Uh, the community engagement team implemented a community engagement process to gather feedback from businesses, visitors, and residents between September 13th and October 10, 2021. And I'm gonna quickly share my screen for a presentation. Everybody see that? Whoops, that's not, it always does this. I don't know why. Okay. All right, so this is just a short presentation to provide a little more context to what we did and what unfolded. Um, sorry, too many computers here. A uh, quick background, um, there are six commitments in the strategic plan. And of course, one of those commitments is, is community engagement, which is listed here. Under this commitment, uh, we promise to listen, share, and engage with our community to drive action and build trust in city government. As a touchstone for our community, community engagement efforts, we refer to the International Association for Public Participation, or IAP2, as the foundation for community engagement planning and implementation. In this case, we asked what the decision was that needed to be made and determine whether or not the city should allow for long-term parklets. And we also defined the goal of the community engagement process to better understand community perspectives on parklets and whether residents and businesses would be in favor of the city coordinating a long-term parklet program after the current one expires. We also referred to the International Association, Association of Public Participation Spectrum of Participation to determine that the goal of this effort was to consult with the community. Sorry, I'm not advancing here. Um, so we were, um, this would consult with the community to gain feedback and thoughts to make, help make an informed decision. And we developed a web page which included um, just as a resource for folks. Um, it included a summary video, a printable flyer with a QR code, a Lawrence Listen survey. We had an email address in case people wanted to send us direct information. We held three open virtual meetings and we also provided examples of long-term standards from other cities along with the current temporary policies. Um, this is just an overview of the outreach that we conducted. You can see through our news releases, we reached people through social media, we reached, reached people. And we also um, had direct communication. We sent emails to downtown Lawrence businesses to make sure that they were aware of the, um, the effort and also um, got received help from the Lawrence Restaurants Association, the Chamber and downtown Lawrence among others. Um, as to the survey results, the question that we asked is, are you interested in seeing a long-term version of the Parklets program in downtown Lawrence? Uh, this shows the time that we had that survey open. 
um, 2,118 2, people um, took a look at the survey and we had 2,000 responses, which is a Lawrence Listens record. Um, usually we get somewhere between three and 500 responses with larger um, um, interest. We can get up to 900 responses. As you can see, 2,000 responses is almost is more than double than what we typically hear. So there's a lot of interest in this topic, obviously. And the survey results, I'll just go through very quickly. Um, we asked people to identify what, what context that they were um, responding in, whether they were a business owner operator, a business employee, a building owner, um, a visitor to downtown who was a resident or a visitor who was a non-resident. And as you can see, 82% of the people that responded um, are residents and visitors to downtown. As far as the age groups go, um, the 25 to 34 and the 35 to 44 um, age bracket were the highest, and then it goes through there. Um, we asked people if they had actually used parklets, and 90% of the folks that responded said that they had used parklets in the last nine months. Uh, we asked if they answered yes to the previous question, how many times they actually did use a uh, parklet in the last five months uh, or nine months, and um, people responded 59% said more than five times that they were using the parklet program. And these are highlighted. Uh, people can use the uh, links on the agenda item to see more details and actually see all the responses. But this just shows, so we asked what benefits do people anticipate in a long-term parklet program? Um, obviously outdoor din dining, um, the, uh, the improvements in downtown, restaurants, people, activity, the businesses, those types of things. And we also asked what concerns people had um, about a long-term parking program and certainly parking and um, the equity of parking was a big topic. Um, people were concerned about aesthetics, um, equity in general, ADA access, standards, those types of things came up. Um, we asked people if we created a long-term parklet program, would you be more or less likely to use the businesses that have parklets? And 67% said that they'd be much more likely to use those um, businesses and 17% said somewhat more likely. And then we asked for just further thoughts to share with, with you all, um, just the, if people wanted them to, wanted you to be aware of certain topics beyond what we had asked already. And again, parking was a big issue. Um, aesthetics still came up, equity, those types of things. And that is that. And I can answer questions on that process if helpful. And Diane Stoddard is here. Um, she was the person who has helped with the resolution um, and she can answer questions with what we're thinking about moving forward on this. If you so okay. should choose. And good evening, Mary Commissioners. I might just quickly recap that for you. Uh, so as you may recall, in October of last year, you voted to extend the temporary uh, program that allowed the parklets and lifted certain requirements in city code through the end of this year. And the resolution that's in your packet for this evening would further extend that through the end of March of next year. And um, should you wish to proceed and approve that resolution, that would enable staff to have additional time with the stakeholders uh, that have been engaged for this first part of the process to uh, develop more of the parameters of that long-term program to come back before you. And uh, certainly we would continue to use the IAP2 process, the International Association uh, for Public Participation 
the uh, the similar process to the uh, outline that Porter provided earlier. And um, with that, I would be also happy to answer any questions that you may have. Vice Mayor Shipley, um, I think one of the first things that that I mentioned when we spoke about this the last couple times was the the finding the balance of cost. Um, so these parklets are currently using public space, and what could we charge them? Would we charge them the same as outdoor dining? Um, under what time frame would you feel like you could finally come to us with a reasonable accounting of what that would cost someone? Uh, yes, Vice Mayor and Diane Stoddard, Assistant City Manager. Um, um, again, are you relating to um, the um, uh, the issue of what we might charge in terms of the use of the right of way? I, I think what we're proposing is that um, that the a program could be developed in this time window that would be able to come back with you, and that would include um, need to include um, proposals related to uh, what those costs may be as part of that, um, because it would be a new code for consideration. And also, one of the things I know that we've talked a little bit about is. Um, we, we probably need to place some attention on the current sidewalk dining program and how that, that is part of the program that has been suspended with these temporary rules. And we would probably need to look at that, how, how all of that makes sense together um, with a new parklet program that would be more long-term in nature. So I think it would enable us to look at all those things here in this time frame. Hopefully that is responsive to your question. Mayor Finkelag, um, I guess kind of a follow-up is, and this is probably more of a technical question, is the goal to have, you know, for example, something ready for us to vote on in March and then it's implemented thereafter? Or are we thinking we could have something in February so that March 31st people could make the, you know, changes and be up and running by April 1st under the new code? Diane Stoddard, Assistant City Manager. I think um, I, I think it will depend a little bit on how we're able to um, uh, bring that forward and move that the the public participation process um, along and engage those stakeholders appropriately. Of course, we do have the holidays and things that um, are sometimes difficult to schedule meetings and get feedback in between there. But our intention would be to. Uh, be able to provide something back to you for consideration that would be in advance of the deadline for the the extension of the temporary program. Mayor Finkel, thank you. This is Commissioner Bowling. Um, Diane, how extensively do you anticipate the parklets to be utilized during the months of January, February, and March? Diane Stoddard, Assistant City Manager. I, I certainly think that there's a fall off of some of that use, but I believe that um, even during last year, we saw some use of the parklets during that time. Uh, so a little bit of that, of course, is very weather dependent um, or whether some of the businesses, you know, have been using some of the space heaters and some of the other other things where it might be just a little bit chilly, but not, um, you know, not a, 
uh, crazy cold so that people don't want to sit out at all. So it, again, that's a little bit dependent on what's happening here with the weather um, and um, in what might be the individual business uses in that area. Mr. Commissioner Bully, I guess it's kind of difficult to have people not be able to use parking that's close when the weather's really bad and nobody's in the parklands. Mayor Finkelai, other questions for Porto or Diane before I open it to public comment? Vice Mayor Shibley, are you, I mean, are you, is staff wanting at, at the end of our discussion, the list of things we'd like to see at the end of March in, in addition to the cost, um, which I, I would like to see that, um, how that would look, um, or um, are we just being very generally, um, is there a list of five things staff thinks they can accomplish by March 31st? Diane Stoddard, Assistant City Manager. Vice Mayor, I don't have that specifically, but we would certainly welcome if there's any commentary that you have to help um, help us guide uh, the discussions a bit and kind of frame that so that it meets your expectations. We would be happy to take that feedback and it's certainly helpful for, for you to bring up the issue of the of the payment and um, and you know ensure that we make sure that we cover that. But if there's any other commentary or, or general guidance that the commission has for us, we would certainly be interested in hearing that. Mayor Finkelstein. Mayor, excuse me, but if I may add, this is Porter Arneal, Director of Communications and Creative Resources. To add with, with uh, what Diane just said, you know, when we did the survey, we asked questions intentionally to glean as much information as possible. So um, some of the things that, that um, Vice Mayor Shipley has referenced, you know, a lot of that stuff has been called out in this process. And I think it's actually a very robust um, responsive information that we will certainly look into along with the regular concerns that we have to look into safety, design standards, um, the parking issues, those types of things. So, um, but that said, I agree, anything that is specific um, of your concerns, you should let us know. Mayor Finkelstein, I'll go ahead and open this to public comment. Any member of the public would like to speak on this item, please raise your hand using the raise your hand feature and Denny will call upon you. Denny Ewart, Planning and Development Services, Kim Amsbach. Evening, commissioners. This is Kim Onsbach, Executive Director of Explore Lawrence. And we were involved in a lot of the public comments and forums on Zoom. And I think I agree with Porter that this was a really robust process and really good information was gathered. From my discussions with restaurateurs, this program has been a vital lifeline throughout the pandemic. And I really do think it has kept quite a few of our downtown businesses afloat. One of the things that we do at Explore Lawrence is promote visitation to Lawrence. So I was especially interested in the visitor um, data provided in this study. And I know talking to visitors as well that they are really 
looking at the parklets and it has caused people to come dine in downtown Lawrence that would not have otherwise if there were only indoor dining options. So I am very interested to see what the city staff would come back with a long-term program for the parklets. I think it does support the strategic initiative of our unmistakable identity and ensuring that downtown is a vibrant, diverse, and cult culturally fun place to be and visit. So thank you for your time this evening. Penny Ewart, Planning and Development Services, Chris Flowers. Hi, um, this is Chris Flowers and I, I'm, I'm not sure how I feel about this program, um, but there's some things that concerns me. Um, first, I think that businesses that use the parklet should be at least charged a fee to use them because it's not really fair that they get to use government part like property that's that's kind of taking business away from some of the retail stores that rely on parking. Also, I was just wondering if, if they do get charged a fee, is there any way we can distribute some of that money to the, the businesses that say they're being hurt by the parklets? That's just one thought I had. Um, also, I don't think they should be open during the holiday season. I think that's when the retail businesses need the parking the most, like when people are Christmas shopping. But what really I found fascinating is that 90% of the people that responded said they used a parklet in the past nine months. Like that's not just going out and dining at a restaurant, that's specifically dining in one of those parklet spots, or am I missing something? Like I've been to down, I've never used the parklet, but I've shopped at downtown businesses before, and I, I've gotten food like to go from downtown businesses. So how can it be that I'm only like only 10% of the people are like me. I, I have trouble believing this uh, Lawrence Listen surveys because I don't think that's an actual reflection at all of the actual property. I mean, that means only 10% of the people are going downtown and not using a parklet. I, I, that just it kind of blows my mind. And also, if I heard right, twice as many people responded to this than any previous poll that doesn't seem right either that seems like there's something up with this survey and if you look through some of the responses there's a lot of people saying hey let's close downtown off altogether and make it just a pedestrian thing so i'm wondering if there's some kind of campaign among some of these people to like hey let's all go and respond to this lawrence listen surveys and that's actually skewing the the numbers so it makes it seem like this this parklet program is more popular than it is because it's people trying to ease into let's turn Lawrence downtown into pedestrian only only type thing and I don't I don't know it's just very it's highly suspicious if you look at some of those responses that that would actual, I think what needs to happen is someone from the city should just go and interview like 100 people randomly downtown. How have you used the parkland in the past nine months and see what kind of responses, how would, the, would we see the same percentages from just a random survey where you, people are Hi. just asked randomly questions? Cause this doesn't seem to, be an accurate representation to me. Thank you.
Penny Ewer, Planning and Development Services. Mayor, I am not seeing any other hands in the Zoom meeting. Mayor Finkelai, thank you, Denny. I'll bring it back to the commissioners for either further questions or discussions or comments as... Vice Mayor Shipley, I might let uh, Porter um, verify it's in his report, but we're pretty clear that this is not a scientific... <laughs> uh, this is all voluntary and, and, and therefore there's a certain degree of... Um, um, I don't know. I'll just let Porter uh, say with respect to the scientificness of our surveys. Uh, Porter Arneal, Director of Communications and Creative Resources. Thank you, Vice Mayor Shipley. Yes, uh, uh, this is Lawrence Listens. We're very clear is not statistically valid. Um, it's not designed for that purpose. It really is meant to be a community forum um, so that anybody that wants to use that um, survey tool can. Um, whether there was a campaign or not, I can't tell you. I know that only one IP address per um, entry is allowed. So people can't go to one computer and enter numerous times from the same computer. So it does help control that to some degree. Um, but again, it really was, uh, it's just a very open-ended thing. And, and the biggest thing is it's open forum so that everybody can see what kind of comments are happening in real time. Commissioner Larson, um, just a few few questions or comments. So for this to, we're looking to extend this through March 31st and with the idea of coming back with an ordinance um, sometime obviously before then to do that. Uh, I'm not sure if that's gonna be enough time to, uh, um, hang on a second. If that's going to be really an, enough time to get through an ordinance without um, additional comments and concerns that are that are going to be expressed by the commission, especially since we're going to have two new members of the commission on board by then. So I'm concerned about the time frame of this, of getting this back, if it moves forward at all, and just that there's so many questions um, that need to be addressed. Um, some of the ones I'm thinking of is, are we going to limit the number per block? Um, has anybody looked at or was that part of the service? survey as to whether or not just having a common area per block to have for for dining established to use just one area are we going to um, uh, limit the amount of spaces that a business can reserve um, and if you want to park it do you have to have an adjacent business to it or can anybody just have uh, potentially have a parklet or reserve that and then going back to Commissioner Shipley's um, discussion regarding the cost for these this you know, downtown is the highest property value we have in Lawrence. And so when we're looking at giving up that space for a parklet, um, you know, I would, would want strong consideration for it to reflect the, the value of the property um, um, based on the assessed values and, and what the retail price is just to, to have um, rental space in downtown. And, and so I would hate to see us um, just give that away. So again, that's just a few of the questions that I've, uh, I just, I have, it, it just the idea of being able to get this all done by March 31st, um, I, I find that somewhat questionable. Mayor Finkelag, uh, oh, go ahead, Vice Mayor. Um, I, I did wanna say, I think one of the things that there is a lot of comments on and I think we've even commented in the past is about design standards, safety standards. 
and it, it's clear to me at least that um, that staff is already working on this and compiling um, ideas of how they should this should look and and Porter um, pointed out at many of the meetings there's three examples they put um, on our website of other cities Tulsa California I'm sorry I forgot the other one um, to look at um, what other guidelines look like in other cities and even one of them at least had some costs uh, listed too. So um, it's not like we're starting from scratch. I'm, I'm sure that staff um, has been thinking very uh, heavily about this over the past year. This is Commissioner Ananda. I was wondering, Commissioner Larson, are you then um, proposing that it be extended rather than to March 31st to something like the end of April or the end of May? I mean, you know, I don't know. Um, you know, I don't have any thoughts on that. I'm just concerned about the timing of, of it um, getting done by March 31st. If we, again, if we move forward with this, obviously, because I, I think there's going to be a lot more back and forth between the commission and what the staff brings to us um, in whatever it is, February, March. And so I, I just don't see it, um, the potential for it to happen by March 31st to be a reality. And I'm also concerned about the idea of, of, not, of you know, January, I mean, um, no, December, January, February, you know, our coldest months, we'll have those parklets sitting there and, you know, not being used um, as parking. And, you know, I've seen several of the spaces where they're just not used for days on end um, and there's no parking allowed. So I, I'm really concerned about that, the, the, the lack of parking use when, when those aren't um, being used for restaurant purposes especially in the cold winter. This is Commissioner Arnando. Then would it be to suspend the program until something is brought back? That's a good question. Um, Commissioner Larson, I'm sorry. Commissioner Larson, yeah, yeah that's a good question. I, I'm not necessarily um, saying to suspend the program, but I just think we need to be uh, thinking in a little bit more real terms as to um, are we okay with, you know, coming back in February in, in, or, or March and extending it again? Is that what we're looking at potentially doing? Is that going to be okay? You know, and that's a possibility. This is Commissioner Ananda kind of looking at those two pieces. Um, I certainly understand the parking. I think taking away those temporary spots specifically for locations has made a big impact. Um, in just anecdotally, based on my own experience, I've generally had pretty good luck um, right in front of the store that I want to go to, even on a Saturday. Um, there have only been a few occasions where that hasn't been the case, but again, that's very anecdotal. Um, but I think that I would be supportive of extending it into May with the hope that we would have something to us earlier than that, um, which may then like diminish the number that are there or have some kind of different configuration or something. But um, I don't have a hard time believing that 90% of the respondents use those parklets. Um, there are some that are very busy most of the time. There are others that are less utilized. Um, and that might be when we're talking about the costs associated with those a consideration as they're looking at that. So I think that they're put some impetus on moving it forward quickly. Um, that conversation, if we have an end date of March, uh, but I also see some value of, you know, how, how thorough do we want to be? How much space do we want to give this of extending it until May? Don't know that I would be supportive of suspending the program in the meantime.
Mayor Finkel, I would jump in and say, you know, I guess that was one of the reasons I asked the question is, you know, I think, um, you know, the, the longer we go without knowing what it's going to be, um, the harder it is for, for everyone, um, you know, and, and I guess I like the March 31st to at least incentivize us to see how far we can get. Um, I think it's also possible that, um, you know, there could be, it could even be a, a two-part process. And, and again, this is probably simplistic, but as I look up and down Mass Street and I think, you know, things about aesthetics and safety and cost and utilization, um, you know, I think some of the out, some of the spaces that are currently there are going to survive no matter what regulations we put in place. It'll be worth the money. They'll put the aesthetics in, they'll make it safe, um, but others won't survive. Um, others will choose that it's not, you know, they, they can't meet those standards. It doesn't make sense for them to meet those standards. Um, and I guess I would, for the ones that aren't going to survive, I guess I'd rather get there sooner rather than later. And maybe it's a two-part process. I mean, maybe, you know, if we, even if we put a fee and certain aesthetics in in February um, with, you know, while we still work on other things, at least then we would find out who's willing to commit, you know, to continue the process, um, you know. So again, you know, but I also agree that we might not be done in, Mar in March and we might need to extend, but um, at least I'd like to see us move, the, move forward on um, at least trying to get to a point where we're focused on the ones, you know, that we really think are going to last and, and be, you know, great benefit to downtown and maybe some of those that are more questionable, you know, we don't just let them stay, you know, forever. Vice Mayor Shibley, uh, the other side of that coin is I am hearing from a handful of businesses that are just waiting to see if it's, if, if this is going to last. So if whatever happens tonight, they don't, they don't know if we're going to go for it or not, or March 31st, they don't want to invest in all that um, furniture and on all the things they need um, if, if we're going to pull it in the middle of next year. So there's, uh, there might be a little bit of, um, and, and also saving, they're saving in this time in case we um, accept it on a long-term basis. So there, while there may be some who, who it's too expensive or the cost benefits not there, there may be others that have been waiting and, and really think it would benefit them, but they just are afraid to commit without some commitment on our part. Mayor Fingley, that's a very fair point. That's a great, that's a good point. That's a good point. Diane, you've been working on this process some. Um, do you have any thoughts on the balance? Or you, I guess you picked probably the March 31st date. Was, was there something there that you know that we don't? <laughs> Diane Stoddard, Assistant City Manager. I mean, I think it's somewhat arbitrary, but I do know that, that there is an interest in, um, you know, in having an answer from the city, having something in place so that uh, businesses can, you know, decide to make a more permanent investment in their space. Obviously, we have a number of, um, you know, barricades out that were never meant really to be part of um, 
um, of, of a permanent program and, you know, are not the best aesthetic perhaps for downtown. And there's been some comments about that made. So, um, you know, and as to the date, um, I think we can certainly do our best to work toward that date. Will it need to be extended? I suppose there's that possibility that we may need to come back to you, um, but hopefully we can begin and have some dialogue here and um, and have something in place as soon as possible. Bring that back to you. Mayor Finley, well, I would. I mean, I think that makes sense. And again, I'm open to hearing what others would say on that on that date. But I'm I'm pretty comfortable with the date as it exists. But you know, I do think we've talked about. I think the important things, cost, aesthetics, safety, um, and then, you know, I do think it's important how it relates to the sidewalk dining, you know, and, you know, that, that overlap. I'd also say that downtown Lawrence Inc. submitted a letter that had some ancillary concerns. I mean, they have some, some direct ones as well, including capping the, the percentage of on-street spaces per block, the fees, but they also made some other suggestions like, you know, signage, wayfinding to parking, some items like that that wouldn't necessarily be in the in the code. Um, but I think things those are things we need to think about um, from their letter that, you know, we hopefully plan to adopt at the same time or at least have suggestions going forward. Because I do think tying those together um, makes sense. Vice uh, Mayor Shibley, I agree. Um, I, one thing I would also say that I would add to that is with wayfinding, but also education about where parking is for people who work downtown. That's something I hear about a lot. And then, um, if I understand correctly, there's this, since we have this new, the new apps that we use in our parking that, um, businesses are able to validate or keep a space, um, for their, um, customers um, in a way that wasn't um, available before. And I don't I don't know if Brad's here, if he could mention that, but that might be something that, um, especially for people who are concerned about uh, people with more mobility issues or um, whatever, uh, you know, needing to carry bulky items into their um, store. Um, I just, it seems like that is um, something that wasn't available to us previously that we could do a better job of um, promoting. This is Commissioner Ananda. Um, if, if there's no more comment, I'm willing to make a motion. Hold up, hold up. I do have one more thing. Um, and I'm sad that Shuri's not here because this might be in, in her space, but I'm sure Diane will know. But one thing that um, was confusing at first, and I think I understand why it's there, is the white lines. Um, and if I understand, um, that's part of our agreement with ABC when all this started to keep alcohol out of the right of way. Um, I noticed the white lines don't exist on the side streets, even though there are parklets on side streets. And I'm not sure it's obvious to particularly the bars where people are outside that they need to keep people off of the sidewalk with alcoholic beverages. So if I had a, 
suggestion, that would be one, if one that hasn't been mentioned already. Mayor Finkel, I, I'd also add if there's a way to aesthetic, it'd be much more aesthetically pleasing not to have the white lines, if we can make that happen. I, I recall that um, Gould Evans and their drawings had, you know, interesting artistic patterns in that space instead of just white lines. So if this is something that moves forward, we're an art town, there could be a lot of um, opportunities for us to make those things artistic rather than spray paint. Mayor Finkelheim, now I think we'll wait for Commissioner Ananda. This is Commissioner Ananda. Um, do I not need to um, do both two and three on this motion or just number three? Mayor Finkelheim, I would think we'd do both two and three. Okay, this is Commissioner Ananda. I move that we authorize the development of a long-term parklet program and adopt resolution 7399, extending the temporary downtown right-of-way program for downtown through March 31st, 2022. Vice Mayor Shipley, second. Mayor Finkelheim, there's a motion by Commissioner Ananda, a second by Vice Mayor Shipley. Commissioner Ananda? Aye. Vice Mayor Shipley? Aye. Commissioner Lawson? Aye. Commissioner Bully? Aye. Mayor Finkel, I, I passes five to zero. Thank you, Porter. Thank you, Diane. Mayor Finkel, I think looking at the time, we normally take a break, but why don't we maybe finish these last few items, take a 10 minute break, and then come back to make the motion and then go into executive session after that break. That sounds okay. This is Commissioner Ananda. I consent so long as there aren't 40 commission items. <laughs> it's like yellow light right now. <laughs> Mayor Finkel, I will see what happens then. Are there any commission items? This is Commissioner Bowley, and I'm, this hopefully will be brief. Um, I walked on the Lawrence Loop today on the Hobbs Park section. It's a joy to, to have that done, and it's it's wonderful. So I'm really happy with all the all the progress we're making on the Lawrence Loop. Mayor Finkel, I see no other commission items. We have a short city manager's report, but Craig, go ahead. Thank you, Mayor. Good evening. Um, it's a short manager's report. Happy to answer any questions. So you'll see that there's some uh, ex parte um, items on there for disclosure, just to give you a heads up on those and then uh, future agenda items. Mayor Finkel, any questions for Craig on those items? Seeing none, this is a public hearing item. If any member of the public would like to speak on those two items, please raise your hand using the raise your hand feature and Denny will call upon you. Denny, we're planning and development services. There are no hands going up in the Zoom meeting. Mayor Finkel, I thank you, Danny. That takes us to the calendar. Any comments on the calendar? Mayor Finkel, I see none. Well, let's go ahead and take a 10 minute break. Um, come back at 7.58. And then at that point, we'll um, take a motion to recess into executive session.
Mayor Finkelar, I think it's 7.58. We are back from our break. I will take roll call. Vice Mayor Shipley? Here. Commissioner Nanda? Here. Commissioner Lawson? Here. Commissioner Boley? Here. Mayor Finkelar, here. We are all back from break. And I would look for a motion to adjourn into executive session. Yeah, Commissioner Larson, I'll make the motion. Recess into executive session for approximately 30 minutes to discuss a personnel matter involving a city employee pursuant to the non-elected personnel matter exception, KSA 75-4319B1. The justification of the executive session is to protect employee, employee privacy. The city commission meeting will resume in its virtual format in accordance with resolution number 37388 at the conclusion of the executive session. Commissioner Nanda, second. Mayor Finkel, I have a motion by Commissioner Lawson, a second by Commissioner Nanda. Commissioner Lawson? Aye. Commissioner Nanda? Aye. Vice Mayor Shipley? Aye. Commissioner Boley? Aye. May I think that I, I will return in 30 minutes at um, 8.30. May I think that I back from executive session and we'll go ahead and take a um, roll call real quick. Vice Mayor Shipley? Here. Commissioner Ananda? Here. Commissioner Lawson? Here. Commissioner Boley? Here. Mayor Finkeldai? Present. We are back from executive session and have nothing to report. I think I'd look for a motion to adjourn. Commissioner Nardell. Move to adjourn. Commissioner Nardell, second that. Mayor Finkeldai, a motion by Commissioner Lawson, a second by Commissioner Ananda. Commissioner Lawson? Aye. Commissioner Ananda? Aye. Vice Mayor Shipley? Aye. Commissioner Boley? Aye. Mayor Finkeldai, aye. Passes five to zero. See you all next week.